Good evening, North Georgia. It's Ralph Taylor, and it's Monday nights, and you know what that means. It's time for the Chattahoochee Folk Hour right here on 89.1 WBCX. I'll be your host for the next 60 minutes, and here on the Chattahoochee Folk Hour, we always bring you the very best in bluegrass and folk music. I sure hope your week has gotten off to a good start, and um, tonight I am absolutely thrilled because standing in front of me here are three wonderful musicians, Chuck Nation and and I have wanted to bring Chuck Nation on this show for a long <laughs> while. And uh, we, we are really blessed in this community to have such a such a great talent pool. And Chuck is, is legendary. And uh, I'm so thrilled that you get to meet him and hear some of his tunes. So I want you to, to get your favorite chair, settle in, pour yourself a nice tall glass of sweet tea, and enjoy the Chattahoochee Folk Hour. Well, Chuck, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ralph. It's great to be here. I'm glad we could finally work it out and come and and be on the show. Boy, I, I, I am just, just thrilled. Uh, I, I really, really am delighted. And uh, I want to start out by saying thank you for all that you've meant to so many people, you know, not only North Georgia, but all over the, the country with your music. Well, I appreciate that very much. And um, I love music, of course, love to sing, play, and brought some folks with me. You mentioned Susan. Actually, Susan is my wife, Susan Nation. Yeah. And Susan is uh, with me, and she's got the big upright bass fiddle, and she's going to uh, help us out, maybe do some songs uh, on the program. And then Scotty DePriest. Scotty is, uh, lives in the coming area and great guitar player and singer. And I brought along a mandolin and a fiddle, so uh, maybe we'll do something folks will enjoy. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get cranking. Let's go ahead and set up a tune, and then sure. we'll learn more about Chuck Nation. All right, we'll do something. Uh, actually, we'd like to do a song, uh, I think I can do it for you, that Susan wrote. And uh, this is probably my favorite song that she's written. She's a great songwriter and singer, but uh, I sing this one. And it's a great story because it's a story about love at first sight. And uh, she calls it uh, Where the Church Bells Ring. We'll give it a try. Here we go. Bride, a handsome groom. It's 
beside the little church in May on their wedding day. Through happy times the years have passed, his time on earth has faded fast. He bid his love goodbye, said please don't cry. He smiled and gently took her hand and brushed her tears away. And as he gazed into her eyes, these words you heard him say. I'm bound for that great land up there, but I'll wait for you, my love, so fair. Up on the hillside yonder where the church bells ring. My goodness, <laughs> I tell you, I tell everybody I had the best seat in Gainesville, Georgia on Monday night, and I'm telling you, it sounds so great in the studio. Good. Wow, wow. Oh, me. Well, Chuck, let's uh, tell me about Chuck Nation. I mean, you have so many accolades, and oh, my and, and I want to I want to brag on you a little bit. J- just some of the your accomplishments were the a Georgia State fiddle champion, a Georgia State mandolin champion. A Louisiana State fiddle champion, and I bet you you're pretty good at the washboard in there too, uh, Chuck. Sort of, but <laughs> but not a champion. <laughs> well, gosh. Why, well, I'll tell you one yeah. thing. I, I'm really uh, thrilled about, and came as a total surprise, but it was a great honor to me. Was uh, in November of last year, 2014, uh, I was inducted into the Atlanta Country Music Hall of Fame. Yeah. So that was quite an honor, and uh, really thrilled to. to be a part of that ceremony and go down to Atlanta and be inducted. That that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I think we mentioned to you, but um, in May, on May 22nd, uh, our band were going to Carnegie Hall in New York City to do a concert. So That's incredible. Yeah. So t- tell me what you're going to be doing up in Carnegie Hall. We are, uh, the. I'll tell you that we're performing uh, with about 140 or 150 voice choir uh, Dr. Tim Sharp is the executive director of the American Choral Directors Association. He's in Oklahoma City, and we have been performing with him uh, something that he um, composed and put together called the High Lonesome Mass. And basically, it's a combination of the mass, the traditional Latin mass, mm-hmm. with the old shape note uh, sacred heart songs and yeah. music with all the stringed instruments, fiddle, banjo, mandolin, guitar, bass. And it works. It sounds crazy, but it actually works. And we've performed that with him a lot of different places, more than any other band, actually. So we've been invited to accompany uh, him, and he'll be directing. Uh, and we'll accompany the choir there in the uh, in Carnegie Hall. And then we also will be doing a, ba- a band concert. The Chuck Nation Band will do a bluegrass music concert at Carnegie wow. Hall. So that's we're looking forward to that. Oh my goodness, that's wonderful. It'll be a lot of fun. Now, now, Susan, tell me about your background. And and you're you're the bass player here tonight. Yes. And um, uh, 
Well, I, I grew up in a musical family. Everybody in my family played music except for my mother, and she just kind of governed all of us so that we didn't get out of hand with it. But um, I learned how to play from my daddy and my brother. And then when we, when we were teenagers, and then Chuck came along about the same time, so I actually met him when we were all teenagers just playing music. Together. Really? Yeah, so it's kind of been in our blood for as long as we can remember. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. And Scotty, how about you? Now, you, now you live over in Cumming, Georgia. Yes, sir. I've been there for uh, 20 years now. And did you get your permit to come across the bridge into Hall County? They, they gave me, uh, yeah, they gave me a permit and a boat he ride across the before pond. dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, tell me about your musical background. Uh, well, I grew up in the state of Tennessee, great state of Tennessee. Sure. Um, my once again, listening to uh, all my aunts and uncles, mom, dad playing music when I was younger, and uh, my first musical memory was my grandfather gave me some spoons yeah. to play the spoons <laughs> along, and uh, that that just kind of started this whole avalanche of <laughs> everything that's it culminated here today, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I remember, you know, the family always playing music at every holiday, and then during the weeks, weekends, any any excuse we could, the family was always getting together and playing music, and I it was just it was just great great yeah. to be a part of that growing up with with music in the home. How long have you been playing with Chuck and Susan? How long have we been together? Oh now? my, um, actually not that not long. That long. Uh, yeah. Maybe a year or so, less than uh-huh. a year or something like that. We have uh, stumbled across each other at different venues, and you know played some uh, some backstage kind of things before, and. Uh, uh, one of the former bands I was playing with, we uh, heard about Chuck and invited him to come in. And one of my greatest stories about Chuck, we called and said, Chuck, would you like to practice with us? And he's like, well, most of the time I don't really need a whole lot of practice, but <laughs> if you guys really want me to show up, I'll come by. <laughs> and we're like, well, who is this guy? You know, anyway. And sure enough, you know, Chuck shows up the first day and he just blows everything away. Oh, yeah. so, uh, my favorite story about Chuck is uh, he doesn't need a lot of practice. Just turn him loose, folks. Turn him loose. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you where I got that story. I used to play uh, in Louisiana with uh, one of the guys. He was uh, the bass player, had been the bass player for Hank Williams Sr. Lum York was his name. Lum was played upright bass, uh, late 40s uh, with Hank Williams and was from Montgomery, where Hank was from. And I remember going... Uh, playing a show with Lum on the bass, it was a TV station, and the director came and said, would you guys like to uh, go in this room and warm up and practice a little bit before going on the air? And Lum said, practice? I've been practicing for 40 years. We're ready to play. <laughs> so, That's so funny. Yeah. All right, well, speaking about getting ready to play, let's tee up another one. Okay, uh, I thought we'd do a song. This is another song that Susan wrote, and it's a true story. There's a place in West Virginia, Blacksville, West Virginia, uh, West Virginia is mostly mining country, and mining is dangerous business, of course. Yeah. And uh, a lot of mining songs write about tragedies, and this one's no exception, and uh, about some guys that uh, lost their lives in a mining accident in a fire. And uh, she just was inspired to uh, memorialize that in this song. It's called Blacksville Mine. Wow. Here it is. The Chet Nation Band right here. One Saturday along the number three Fire broke out in the haulage way It was a tragedy Entombed there to this very day They're buried for all time 
who lost their lives beneath the fire in Blacksville mine. News rang out through the town that day, the death toll number nine. It broke the hearts of everyone, the fire in Blacksville mine. Standing at the entrance, some would cry and others pray. They asked for some good word of hope to pass up through the line. But no hope came for those men beneath the fire in Blacksville mine. News rang out through the town that day, the death toll numbered nine. It broke the hearts of everyone, the fire in Blacksville mine. I could go, stood as all the names were read, oh how I dreaded so, to hear his name called out that day, to hear it one last time, my daddy lost his life that day beneath the fire in Blacksville mine, news rang out through the town that day, the death toll numbered nine, it broke the hearts of everyone, the fire in Blacksville mine. Susan, tell us a little bit about your songwriting background. You've obviously, we've heard two wonderful songs that you've written. Tell us a little bit about, about how you got into songwriting and a little bit about that process for you. Actually, my daddy wrote a song. Um, my daddy is 86 years old now. And he, when he was about 83, he told my mother that he had a song in his heart that the Lord had put there. And she said, oh, honey, not everybody can write a song. <laughs> And he said, well, the Lord put this song in my heart, so I know that I have this song. And he went back into his bedroom and sat down, and the Lord gave him an amazing song. And we actually put it on our last CD. It's called He's the Man. And as I got to listening to the song, I I began to think, you know, if God gave my daddy that gift, I bet he passed it on to me. And so I'm going to try that. And so I've only been writing songs for a couple of years now. Every time the Lord gives me a thought about something that I think he, he wants me to put in song, I, I sit down right then and there and write it down. And can't always do it right immediately because usually my best thoughts come when I'm driving. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's, that's kind of how I got to begin writing songs. Susan, do you get an idea or something that has kind of impressed you and you wanted to develop that or express that in a song or anything? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it happens. Yesterday morning I got up and and it was pouring down rain and it was a Monday and I didn't want to go to work and I didn't want to get out of bed, but I got in the car and I was heading to school and, and I began to think, you know, rainy days and Mondays, well, that's already been done. 
But then the Lord <laughs> gave me the uh, tune, and I wrote a song called Rainy Days and Mondays on the way to work yesterday morning. I think it's going to be a good song for it's us. It's a great song. If, uh, we're not prepared to do it at the moment, but I sure. thought if uh, we run into any kind of um, copyright infringement problems, we'll change it to Rainy Days and Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pick, pick any day of the week. It's a one. totally different song. It just has it is, that. Yeah. 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 Well, Chad, let, let me get back to you for a minute. Now, tell us a little bit about, about how you fell in love with music. Um, my dad played and sang, and uh, he was a multi-instrumentalist. He, I grew up, I can't ever remember a time, Ralph, in my life uh, uh, not hearing music because I grew up with it. He played banjo primarily, but guitar, fiddle, mandolin, all of it. And um, I started playing guitar when I was eight years old, accompanying him as he played banjo, and then he drug me around everywhere that he performed or jammed or wherever, and I would uh, go along and play. And um, I, I think my first paying gig of playing music, I was nine years old. I played at a square dance with an old fiddle player who actually inspired me to learn to play the fiddle, Wally Bryson from Chickamauga, Georgia. I, wow. And uh, But I remember mm. we played that square dance. I made $8. Man, I thought, this is awesome. You, know, You're, you were professional. Year old. You're a professional at nine years old. That's right. Wow. But I just grew up with it all my life and uh, have always played. And I think it's, um, I don't know what's the right word for it. I've tried to not play. And I, uh, if, I don't know if this is good English, but I can't not play. Yeah. It's just, it has to come out. Yeah. So it's just part of my life. And, and you went to a theology school. I did. I uh, graduated from, uh, actually, my master's degrees at uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. Uh-huh. And I've been preaching and uh, pastor a church, same church uh, in Flyer Branch for 17 years now. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, but and, and so my priority, of course, number one priority is the Lord. Yeah. And uh, in my life, and He changed my life forever for good. Uh, I thought I was going to be and wanted to be a traveling professional musician, and I did that for a while. And then uh, I met Christ, and it changed my whole direction and path. I thought I would have to quit and give that up, the yeah. music, but it actually it just redirected my priority and my focus. So uh, hopefully somebody said duties or priorities never conflict. So the Lord's number one, and you know I try to use the music as a, a vehicle to let him use that to bless others and encourage others. I think that's part of the special thing about what you've done, Chuck. You're so humble and tender. Uh, with your music, you can tell it, music in your hands is something that's important and good and pure, and that's part of what uh, what what you're doing. I love it, and I've always loved it, and um, I like to you know play and perform. If I couldn't even play a note, and I've said this many times, I would just hold a guitar and just strum the strings. I just I just love the sounds. You yeah, know? yeah. And uh, thankful that the Lord's given me an ability uh, somewhat to uh, be able to put them together in a manner that's pleasing but i just uh, enjoy singing and playing and uh, and interacting with other people this kind of music especially is a social music uh, it's mostly passed along orally uh, there's very little i mean there is written music for this style but mostly it's just learned by ear and in jam sessions right, or interacting right. with other people so it's social and that's what i like about it is you can connect with other folks and and enjoy playing music together with yeah. people. Yeah. And, and I think we've lost that a lot. Um, 
there was a time when that was the only entertainment for folks. They sat on the porch after a hard day in the field or whatever and sang and played guitar or whatever and played together with family. Yeah. Um, and I've tried to instill that. My children, I have three children, and all of them sing and play multiple instruments. And, of course, as a family, we played together till they all grew up and moved on. And yeah. we still get together, and when we do, we try to always have some music. Yeah, that, that's that's really special. All right, guys, what's coming up next? Well, uh, since we're doing song original stuff, I have to do this song that I wrote uh, actually to Susan, not about her or for her. She and I have been married uh, to each other for, I think, 36 years. Is that right? <laughs> and Susan, has he ever called you Blackwell? Uh, no. <laughs> no. But he's called me a few other things. Of, yeah, that's true. Out of 36 years, I've had 10 of the happiest years of my life, maybe, but just not all at once. You know. No, not really. But uh, so people ask, you know, how has it lasted that long? And the answer is because I, I've said to her many times, if you leave me, I'm going with you. And that's the way it works, you know. I'm yeah. just not going to let her leave, and I won't uh, leave her. But So I, I thought, well, I just got to make that a song. Yeah. And so that's, that's what we'll do. This song is called, If You Leave Me, I'm Going With You. Okay. Tears too long we've been together to start over. Keep me close to your heart, we'll make another start. If you leave me, I'm going with you. If you leave me, I'm going with you. I'm not starting over now. I know we can work it out, although we've had some doubt. If you leave me, I'm going with you. If you leave me, I'm going with you. So, folks, if you are listening at home, 
Don't leave, because if you do, all four of us are going to come with you. You know, We're going to follow you to the kitchen wherever you're going. So. Hey, that might be the cheapest marital any advice anybody's ever going to get in three minutes' time, That's what do you right. think? Well, folks, this is Ralph Taylor, and you are listening to the Chattahoochee Folk Hour tonight with Chuck Nation. And, uh, boy, we are having a ball here in the studio. And uh, I'm so glad that you're here with us here on 89.1 WBCX, where there's nothing but the good stuff. Well, Chuck, I wanted to ask you about Bluegrass Alliance. Sure. I think a lot of folks that may be fans of Bluegrass music may not know the history of Bluegrass Alliance, and you actually were a member of that group. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Back in the day. Yeah, you know, uh, the Bluegrass Alliance, and I still hear them referenced often uh, in comments about the formation of what we now call Newgrass. I guess you know the traditional Bluegrass of Bill Monroe Uh, is great music, still is, and uh, the Bluegrass Alliance kind of changed around a little bit and took some, gave it a modern sound and style, and the Alliance was really uh, instrumental in formulating that new sound for Bluegrass, Mm -hmm. and uh, they formed in the late 60s with um, Dan Curry on guitar up in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Danny Jones on the mandolin, and uh, Lonnie Pierce on fiddle, Ebo Walker, uh, which is a pseudonym for Harry Sheeler, but Eva Walker was a uh, song by the Dillards, but he took that name as a stage name. Oh, okay. And uh, Buddy Spurlock on banjo, all those Kentucky guys. And um, they played around 68, 69, somewhere along in there. And then as things happened, they some of them moved on, and uh, Sam Bush came into the group. And there's been a, a, a lot of different ones those early years. Sam Bush, Tony Rice... Uh, Vince Gill, that's just some of the former members. Yeah. And uh, I actually came along uh, after, uh, right after Sam Bush and uh, uh, Curtis Birch, who's from Georgia, uh, they formed a group called New Grass Revival. Sure. And uh, when they left and started that group, I moved to Louisville and took Sam's place as if I could, but I came to play <laughs> mandolin with the Bluegrass Alliance and uh, played mandolin. Uh, that was about 1973, I think, two uh-huh. or three. I, it's too long ago, but 72 <laughs> or three. And played mandolin and sang, and then about a year and a half later, swapped over to guitar and played guitar and um, sang. And that was Scotty, did you notice that? I just, just swapped over to the guitar with Bluegrass Alliance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no well, problem for Chuck. <laughs> That, you know, I've always played all the string, not all the string instruments, but uh, mandolin, fiddle, guitar, banjo. I've all, I just grew up with them, and yeah. I've never, I've never had any lessons. I could certainly use some, but <laughs> I never could <laughs> afford them as a child, and didn't know anybody. To, so I just learned from everybody, and I, I always say that uh, I've looked over a lot of shoulders and stood on a lot of shoulders to to be able to learn how to play. And yeah. I, I've just learned it by playing with great musicians and pick up from them and um, just always been around it and heard it. I sat in front of a banjo and I didn't bring one to the program, uh, but I sat in front of a banjo with my dad playing so much that I never had to learn it. I just picked it up and started playing it. Yeah. I'd seen it played so much, you know. Well, Chuck, so, so how long were you with the, the Alliance? I was there for about two and a half years. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, till late 74, almost three years, I guess. Yeah. And I left uh, at the end of 1974. And uh, that's when my life began to take a different path, a different direction. And 
became a believer in Christ and uh, changed my whole focus and uh, felt like I needed to go off to school to uh, train and learn the Bible. And uh, God had called me to be a preacher, which is um, really an anomaly. My mother does genealogical research on our family and can trace us all the way back to Adam and Eve. And, uh, well, not that far, but we have family roots, you know, all the way back early 1700s. Well, at least uh, your tree forks. Some of our trees don't fork. Yeah, that's for sure. But never, ever has there been anywhere in any of our genealogy any preacher. So I'm I'm, uh, the oddball, or as the Apostle Paul said, one born out of due time, I guess you would say. Uh, definitely a, a call of God and an assignment from God to follow him. So that changed my path. I thought music was over, you know, yeah. and I was willing to give it up. And I did quit for about a year and didn't touch anything. And I uh, thought uh, and was happy to give that away, you know, just to follow the Lord. But I found out he gives it back to you. And I've enjoyed it so much more since it's been received from him and got it back than yeah. I ever did before. Well, Chuck, let's talk uh one one line of question I want to ask you about when we talk about new grass, which I yeah. I, I particularly love, um, but uh, but I know particularly there are some of the bluegrass aficionados that want to kind of st- stick to the traditional. But what what are your thoughts about new grass? Are you a fan of it? Do you, or do you like the way that movement is going? Uh, what do you think? Yeah, uh, um, I think that's what keeps it alive. I mean, there will yeah. always be, and that's been that's the age old argument since I can ever remember discussing acoustic and bluegrass music is traditional versus uh, the modern or the new. But uh, there will always be the traditional, and I love it. But uh, I think the the newer styles and arrangements and new grass, as it was called, and even now it's sort of like jam grass and there's different names, that's mm-hmm. what keeps it alive, though. Yeah. And it is a, it's an organic music. It's alive, and it's always going to be changing and and evolving into what we don't know but um so as far as terminology you know i don't get too hung up on on the definitions or terms it's all good music and i yeah. like all of it well it's interesting because you know the the popularity of the song wagon wheel yeah. you know of course you, you know our kids you know yeah. and that i mean it's just they just go crazy over it and and it's a great little song sure but uh, but it's kind of funny because you know, I, I think of all the traditional bluegrass songs that are kind of back up behind that, and then all of a sudden you had this one song that just goes crazy, and every every time we we play it, folks go go crazy. With it's it, so. funny, you know. Um, I remember when the film, the movie Bonnie and Clyde came out. Remember Earl Scruggs played Foggy Mountain Breakdown yeah, during sure. the chase scenes, and that was late '60s. That movie came out, and it just uh, put banjo playing and bluegrass on the map. But he first recorded that in 1948. Um, Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and he'd been away from <laughs> Bill Monroe, you know, just not very long, 46 or so. So uh, it, it kind of rediscovers itself, it seems like, every generation. Yeah. And most people that like the uh, jam grass or new grass or, or the modern, whether it's wagon wheel or whatever, they also like the old stuff, too. Right, you know, right. It's, it's all good music. And I've noticed now that old-timey banjo and claw hammer is really becoming prominent in a lot of the, what you call, new grass or the a lot of the folk bands now that are incorporating that yeah, into it. that's yeah. amazing to me. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, uh, what you call old-time music, old-timey, was kind of on, on the outs. You know, that was like 
old stuff. Nobody wants to play that, but it's like you said, it's come right back. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing to me how popular uh, old time music really is. So all, so all you kids that are listening to the show, go ahead and learn these old bluegrass tunes. You'll use it later on. I, I guarantee you. As, well, you know, it's a language and it, you'll find that most people who play bluegrass or, you know, whatever we call the string music, there's a body of material that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And I can go anywhere in the world, almost anywhere, and start playing. Yeah. Uh, when I was in Japan, we toured in Japan several years ago, and I remember uh, one place in particular, it was a bluegrass festival in Japan up on a mountain. And we pulled up in the bus and got out, and I declare it sounded to me there in Japan just like I was driving up to Bean Blossom, Indiana. I mean, yeah. the same music, the same sounds and all, universal. same songs even. Yeah. So it's kind of a universal thing, that, and that's part of the social aspect of it. You can join in with somebody and play and sing, and exactly. it just makes yeah. it fun. Yeah. It really does. Well, you got a fiddle in your hand now. Uh, I felt like I, I should play a fiddle tune. I've been uh, beating on that old mandolin, maybe, and I should... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll play a little Sop in the Gravy. You know, the great thing about fiddle tunes to me is the titles. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> Sop in the Gravy. Yeah. yeah, and so who hasn't, if you're a country boy or a girl, who hasn't sopped the gravy with a biscuit, you F- know? Fiddle tunes always play. make me hungry, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is an old fiddle tune, and uh, talk about old time, we'll kind of supercharge it a little bit, but this is an old fiddle tune called Sop in the Gravy. Okay. sopping some gravy here tonight <laughs> folks you're listening to the chattahoochee folk hour and if you're not having a good time i just gotta tell you you, you gotta get into this music because it is it is wonderful and uh, uh chuck i wanted to ask you to, to to talk a little bit about your church work and the importance of music with uh emotional and spiritual health and so forth have you seen a correlation there i mean it's interesting how uh, of course uh, all of us as churchgoers, the the songs of praise and hymns that mean so much to us, 
And of course, then this music means so much to us as well. Tell, have you got any perspectives on that over the years? Uh, well, of course, music is a universal language. And I've had the opportunity to uh, travel to a lot of different countries on mission trips. And I always take musical instruments and sing and play and perform. And it, it just immediately takes down any uh, language barrier. Mm. You know, I don't speak multiple languages, but uh, everybody loves music. But uh, what, and of course, it's a very uh, important part of worship and uh, in church when we worship or any part of that's going to include music. There was a time, I guess, in when it seemed like people wanted to argue over the style or the the type of it or the tempo of it or the volume of it or the content. And uh, it, it just occurred to me one day uh, when I was preaching at church uh, and was talking about worship and music, I walked over to the piano and I just hit an A note on the piano, one key. Mm-hmm. I hit that A note. And I said, all right, now, tell me, is that a rock and roll A, or is that a a Bill Gaither A, or is that a praise and worship A, or is that a jazz A, or is that an old-time A, a blue? What kind of A is that? It's just an A note, all right? And music came from God, and he gave us the notes of it and gave us the melodies and, and all of it comes together. So I realized that all music, whether we like it or not, whether we agree with it or not, whether it's tasteful or not, all music is God's music. They're mm-hmm. all his notes. Mm. Uh, in, in, you know, the Western music, there's 12 notes in music and then octaves, multiple octaves. And uh, from those 12 notes is where we get all of our music when mm. you think about it, those 12 yeah. notes and octaves. And, uh, of course, mathematically, uh, music is math. You know, you have all the the numbers of music and to me that's uh, obvious evidence that it's that it originated with god not mm-hmm. with man mm-hmm. because there's an infinite just like two plus two plus two plus two well how many octaves can you play how many variations of a you know a major scale and, right. and so on it's all god's music and it, it actually i know it freed me to not try to put it all in separate categories and boxes and and compartmentalize it and realize that I can glorify God and worship him with music, period, regardless of style or whatever. And so I think that puts a lot of people, or at least it puts me at ease not having to worry about, oh, oh will, will the Lord like this tempo or is this beat too obvious or, or, or downbeat, upbeat, whatever. Don't worry about it. Just do the music and do it for the glory of God. Preach it, brother. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean that I, I, that is so so well said. Uh, that's that's a beautiful illustration of that. That's that's the only way to look at it. Otherwise, then you if you try to compartmentalize and label it, and and I know everybody likes different styles, and that's okay. But if you're not careful, then you start uh, labeling it. Well, this is good. This is bad. I like this. You don't like that. I prefer that. You, and then you've lost the whole focus of worship. Yeah. You yeah. See. Well, let's talk about some of your CDs. Yeah, we were sharing before we got on okay. the air about uh, about some of the, the the special moments in these CDs. And let's let's let, first of all let's let folks know where they can find you online. You've got a website. Actually, yeah, I do. There's a couple of websites. You can go to chucknation.net, and uh, that's a website that has a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, galleries of photos from all kinds of events that I've performed at, as well as 
um, calendar dates where I'm performing. And then also there is a band website, the chucknationband.com. Uh-huh. Actually, it's www.chucknationband.com is the mm-hmm. band website. So there's a couple of places. I think if you just type in uh, Chuck Nation into the search engine, that'll all come up. Yeah. And yeah. you can get uh, information how to uh, purchase CDs. Of course, they're on iTunes and CD Baby and all that. But uh, that information's on the websites as well. Now, Scotty, um, tell me a Chuck Nation story. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was, I, I think I already gave you my best Chuck Nation story a little earlier there. Um, I can tell you some. I bet okay. you got some. All right, all right. Susan, there. come on in here. Real, this is open, this is the story open forum, open here. roast of Chuck. This is a Chuck. program. Right <laughs> yeah. This is a family program, no doubt about it. Listen, one one story I'll always tell about Chuck, and maybe I shouldn't tell the story because now people who are out there are singing and maybe lose you know, their thought while they're singing or forget a word, they may try this, but... I used to always hate to just sing with me, just him and I as a duet, because he would always forget one or two lines or a few, (laughs) change a few words or something. He's notorious for it. But he'll always do the same thing, look at me with this look of sadness on his face like I'm the one that messed up. (laughs) And it never fails. People will come up to me afterward and say, and just pat me on the back and say, it's okay, Susan, you'll get it next time. And I know I sang it right. Well, Susan, have you ever given him that look back when he's preaching from the pulpit like, <laughs> you stepped over the line that time, brother? Yeah. <laughs> Probably a couple of times. So. That's funny. Oh, me. Okay, guys, are we ready for another tune? Yeah, well, uh, Susan, you want to sing, sing a song? Yeah. I would too, I'll Susan. Sing a song. I mean, yeah, um, absolutely. We, you know, you were talking about CDs a few minutes ago. We're real excited because we're putting together a new CD project and. We're, we're just now in the planning stages, but it'll have a, a lot of new uh, original material on it. And this is a song that, that we'll put on the new CD. Uh, it's called Another Day, and I wrote this song. And oh. It's just a song about, um, you know, mistakes and, and trying to correct, correct your mistakes in life. <laughs> it's called Another Day. Okay. <laughs> stay but the show it must go on and you'll call me come what may another day another day there'll be time for me to ponder why you would leave me here and walk away another day there'll be time to cry and wonder but I won't sit here and stay another day That you made, how it whispered to my mind And my heart was surely swayed, but now I'm grieving Yes, my heart had to pay, but a new love I will find And I'll find it come what may, another day Another day, there'll be 
time for me to ponder why you would leave me here and walk away. Another day, there'll be time to cry and wonder, but I won't sit here and stay another day. Chug Nation here on the Chattahoochee Folk Hour with his wife Susan singing that beautiful song and Scotty over here bringing in some chops on the guitar. But I'd love to hear Scotty sing something. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh I, know, spot here. Yeah. I know what we want. To, I want you to sing that uh, <coughs> Norman Blake tune. Oh. Uh, you know, um, Ginseng. Ginseng Sullivan. Yeah. That's, that's a good story. Ginseng absolutely. Sullivan. All right. That's a great ginseng. tune. For all those ginseng hunters up in the North Georgia mountains up yes, there. Sir. How about that? <laughs> Okay, ready? About two miles from the big New York, Beavers curve on down. Not far back from the town, before Sullivan Shack was found. Back on the high ground. Sing Scotty right here on the Chattahoochee <laughs> Folk Hour. Wow, that is wonderful. 
Um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about performances, Chuck. Um, any any two or three performances that that uh, that just come to mind that you thought, wow, that was just a really special special time. Oh yeah, one right off the bat, uh, and it was you know I'll tell you this, Ralph. I've had the opportunity to play. For big crowds. I mean, I was in Culpeper, Virginia, and played before 90,000 people. Good gracious. And, of course, I played on uh, Grand Ole Opry and some other places that were wonderful places to play. But the best concert I ever gave was to one person. And to make a long story short, if that's possible. Uh, you don't need to make it short, brother. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you. We're just... I was in uh, Romania, and I had gone there on a mission trip, and, of course, I took my, my fiddle and was playing, and we were in schools and churches and street corners, and I was preaching and uh, playing the violin, and I had some accompaniment tracks, and I had a couple of team members with me, and uh, we were evangelizing and sharing. And the the pastor in the area who pastored several small churches, one day he, he spoke a little bit of English, and he said, Chuck, I want you to go with me and play the violin for Maria. And uh, I said, sure, whatever. And Maria was at that time a 24-year-old girl who lived way out in the village uh, up in the northeast corner of Romania, around uh, Suchava, uh, Radius, if I'm pronouncing those places correctly. Anyway, uh, she lived way out in this village, no electricity, just a little old uh, village house, her and her mother. And Maria had, had problems with headaches, severe headaches, and the doctors, in order to help her, had injected something into her neck, and it actually paralyzed her from the neck down. Mm. And she would never, ever be any better. She couldn't walk, talk, uh, do anything for herself. And just her her mother lived in that house. So we all piled into, me and the preacher and a couple of folks with me, um, we piled into this little tomato soup can, you know, the Russian Lada. And uh, we bounced over some dirt roads and through potholes that you could bury the car in and came into the village no electricity there but we went into the house and he wanted me to play for maria Mm. and so we went back we introduced ourselves and of course the mother knew him and uh we i took my fiddle and we went back into that room where maria was laying on the bed that's all she could do she couldn't talk she couldn't do anything for herself and the pastor said chuck would you play and uh i played and of course, we sang, you know, and just joined hands around that bed. And um, she couldn't say thank you or that's wonderful or anything, but big tears just started streaming down both sides of her face, you know. And we joined hands and prayed for her and played and sang some more. And I'm telling you, Ralph, that's the best concert I've ever given. Wow. I mean, the Lord put me out in the middle of nowhere, you know, seven or eight time zones away with yeah. nothing but a fiddle. And I believe that was ordained for me to go into that little village home and give Maria a concert. And uh, I think I know it blessed all of us more, far more than it ever oh, did. Oh, absolutely. Her. Absolutely. That was that was the most memorable. Wow. Why don't you do Somewhere Over the Rainbow? That's a beautiful yeah. song. Well, I've been, yeah. I've played nothing but mandolin, but I'll play some of it, sure. We'll do this as an instrumental on the mandolin. Okay. Chuck actually won the Georgia State Mandolin Championship with this song. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's give it a try. Somewhere over the rainbow. 
I think that's good enough to win, Chuck. All right, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Wow, man. Well, thanks, guys. This has been Our golden, Thank golden. Wow. Well, Chuck, let's uh, let's let's have one more tune if we can if we can coax one out of you, and then yeah, we'll... sure. Um, I'd like for Susan, if she would, to sing a song that uh, she wrote a, a a waltz called "Beneath the Tennessee Moon," and uh, we just I know there's the Tennessee waltz, and most states have waltz tunes, Kentucky waltz, Tennessee waltz, but she just felt like Tennessee needed another waltz. <laughs> <laughs> And it's a very beautiful song. It's called Beneath the Tennessee Moon. That's great. Folks, this is Ralph Taylor, and you are are listening to the Chattahoochee Folk Hour. It has been an incredible, incredible hour with Chuck Nation, his wife Susan, and Scotty uh, on the guitar. And uh, I sure hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. You know, listening to Chuck and Susan and Scotty talk, it really highlights the importance of family, the importance of music in the home. Uh, So I, I hope that your circles remain unbroken and that you have a great week ahead. And remember, every life is a song. Every life is a song worth singing. Y'all have a great week. See